series today, um, uh, the, the Power of Giving, Generosity Changes Everything series. And um, I, I feel a draw, and I know most generosity messages typically begin with giving of your money. But today, and really this series, I feel a different spin on it and more on the lines of service. And so we're going to be talking today in the first message about the Rebecca spirit. Poke your neighbor and say the Rebecca spirit. And um, I'm at, by the way, before I even get in the message, have you noticed that we're getting close on the end of our paint job? Isn't the church looking great outside? Yeah, we're, praise God. Amen. We don't have sheets flapping in the wind. We don't have three different color of bricks anymore. We're looking good. Praise God. And some of you saw your smiling faces in the lobby. How many of you saw the pictures all over the lobby? Okay, like four of you did. You need to go through the lobby and look. We took pictures of you and we put you on the wall. Amen. You're on the wall of fame now in the lobby. So everybody head back that way and take a look at that. And uh, praise God for that. All right, the Rebecca spirit. Uh, Genesis chapter 24, verse 1 through 21. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. And you'll see it on the screen behind me now. Abraham was old, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all that he owned, Please place your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live. But you will go to my country and to my relatives and take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Suppose the woman is not willing to follow me to this land. Should I take your son back to the land from where you came? Then Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not, do not take my son back there. Explanation point. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth, and who spoke to me and who swore to me, saying... To your descendants I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife for my son from there. I mean, that's just prophetic. Verse 8, but if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this my oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Placing his hand under the thigh was a, a sign like sealing the contract back then. Then the servant took ten camels from the camels of his master and set out with a variety of good things of his master's in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. He made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. He said, O oh Lord, the God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show loving kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now may it be that the girl to whom I say, Please let down your jar so that I may drink, and who answers, Drink, and I will water your camels also. May she be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown loving kindness to my master. Behold, before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor, came out with a jar on her shoulder. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin, and no man had relations with her. 
And she went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. Then the servant went down to the went, ran to meet her and said, Please let me drink a little water from your jar. She said, Drink, my lord. And she quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him a drink. Now when he had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw also for your camels until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran back to the well to draw, and she drew for all his camels. Meanwhile, the man was gazing at her in silence to know whether the Lord had made his journey successful or not. I thank you, Lord, for your word, for your presence. I thank you, Jesus, that you are our everything. I'm so thankful, Father, that Miss Maureen has been freed from the power of nicotine. Thank you, Father, that Randy's been freed from the power of alcohol, that I've been freed many years ago from many of these things. God, as so many of us, you've been so good. God, anoint me, Father. God, you know the distractions that have come today and the fires that I've fought. God, I just pray you remove that from my mind, from my spirit. Let me think clearly. And God, let the word go through me, God. If not because of me, in spite of me, I don't care. But I pray, let this seed, this word that I've told over this week and I've served over and I've wondered over and that I have labored over, God, come forth, God, and be buried in the good soil of our hearts and bear forth fruit in our lives. Speak to us, God. We need a fresh anointing. And I pray, God, give us a fresh anointing in our ears and our heart to hear what you're trying to say to us today. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hold your Bibles up in whatever form you have. And let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears. Anoint my heart. Anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen. Turn around and say, hey, let's serve like Rebecca did. I'm going to tell you for the next few moments, if you can just capture what God is trying to communicate to us today, it'll change everything. On Thursday, November 27, 2003, George W. Bush made a surprise visit to Iraq to thank the U.S. troops for defending America from danger. He served 600 soldiers Thanksgiving dinner. And um, as he was serving, he said, you know, I know... I can't imagine the loneliness you feel being so far away. And he said, we wanted to come out here to serve just to tell you that we care. And uh, the, it was well received by the soldiers and uh, battle worn and just, it was extremely a great gesture, a morale boost. And it was also an incredible surprise to his family who was expecting him at his ranch in Texas for Thanksgiving dinner. Now, whether you like his politics or not, nothing to do with it. But the point is, when you sacrifice your family time on Thanksgiving Day to go halfway around the world to serve 600 soldiers, that's over-the-top service. That's beyond expectation. That's way over and above. That is a statement that says, I'm here to serve, and life isn't about me. We have a real crisis 
of Christian service in the church in America today. This is an American message. I couldn't preach this message really around the world because they don't suffer from this crisis like we do. In the average church, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. What we need in America and what we need at Bridge of Hope is a Rebecca spirit. Poke your neighbor and say, we need to have a Rebecca spirit. (laughs) Abraham is at the end of his days, approaching. He feels as though he's going to die. He gets his servant and he says, listen, his most trusted servant, Eleazar, and he says, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go get my son a wife. Don't get her any old wife. Go back to my homeland. Find somebody in my lineage. I need you to find somebody that can show up here. We need to get her, him, a bride. And, uh, and I need you to do this the right way. And he's, you know, swear by me, you're not going to take Isaac twice. You've read it in the Bible. And so Eleazar takes this to heart. And like I would do and you would do, he begins to pray, oh, God, help me, you know. I, I, I need some help. We got to get the right girl. Don't bring home the wrong girl. It's bad news. We got to have God's choice. So he prays an incredible prayer. This is one of the most incredible prayers in the whole Bible. He says, I know what I'm going to do. After all this journey on the desert and all the camels, I'm going to sit down by the well. I know I'll be thirsty. They'll be thirsty. Here's the way we'll do this, God. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask any of the women, the ladies, the young virgin girls out there, that if they'll give me water, and if they do... Let her be the one to offer to give my camel something to drink. So I'm not even going to bring them up. We're going to let her be the one. She won't even know what she's doing, but she'll be the one, and we'll know that's who it is. You have to understand this is a huge prayer. This is the Mount Everest of prayers. Because Abraham sent the servant with ten camels loaded down with gifts for the future bride of Isaac, but she doesn't know this. You've got to know, you've read this passage. You understand the story and how it ends. You know where the story's going. Even though I cut it off reading, you've read it before. But if you're Rebecca, you don't know there's an Isaac. You have no idea the ten camels gifts are for you and your family. You have no idea about nothing. You're just a girl heading to the well to get some water. You have no idea what's going on. And so he says, well, I'm going to initiate this. I'm going to ask for water. And she's going to also ask to give my camel something to drink. It's one of the most remarkable prayers in the Bible for two reasons. One, it takes incredible faith to pray what he's praying. Because I'm going to break down to you what she did here in just a moment. But two, while he's praying the prayer, God already answers it. Now let me just take a poll. How many of you would it be okay... If today you started praying and before you could finish your prayer, God already answered it. Yeah, that's, I'm in. Because I feel like sometimes I'm praying for years and they're not getting answered. I want one of them, Lord, let me not even put a period on this thing. And the answer's already here. Praise God. So that leads me to point number one, and that is this. Rebecca teaches us to serve generously. Everybody shout it with me. Say, serve generously Genesis 24 17 through 20 watch it's on the screen then the servant ran to meet her and said please let me drink a little water from your jar she said drink my lord and she quickly lowered her jar to her hand and gave him a drink now when she had finished giving him a drink she said remember she doesn't know 
the prayer. I will draw also for your camels until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw, and she drew for all his camels. Now, let's start breaking down what exactly it is she agrees to do. She's a desert girl. She's familiar with giving livestock water. She's familiar with camels. Dude shows up she's never seen before, and he's got 10 camels loaded down with gifts. Now, he's traveled a long ways, hundreds of miles from where Abraham is living, across the desert into his homeland. So they've been on several days' journey in the desert. These are some thirsty camels. Now, you can research if you want and follow up on me and check me out. But the average camel that has been traveling in a desert, even for just one day, can drink 20 gallons of water. So let's do some multiplication here. We're going to have math class today. 10 camels, 20 gallons of water, 200 gallons of water. She looks at this guy she has never seen. And says, not only will I give you some water, don't worry, I got you 200 gallons of water. I got you. Now, that may not sound like much to you, but listen, it would have been hospitable. It would have been the cultural thing to do to serve someone a cup of cold water or give him something to drink. That was something that was of the norm. In fact, that's all he asked of this woman. But this woman, Rebecca, watch this, knows nothing. She has such a generous spirit about her of servitude. She has such an extravagant spirit of service about her that knowing full well what this is going to cost her and take, she says, hey, I'm, don't worry, I got you something. I'm going to take care of your camels while we're at it. Watch this. Genesis 24, 20. So she quickly emptied the jar. Jar here or some versions, pitcher. There's different words that English uses. But when you go to the original Hebrew, the word jar you'll see on the screen means a large jar a pail, a barrel, like a small barrel, not like a 55-gallon barrel, a deep end, like a deep pail. So if I can give you the imagery here of what she's using, she's drawing, she's putting on her shoulder, is something probably close to a five-gallon bucket. So let's just break this down, what this looks like. Back then, they didn't have a garden hose that you could hook up to the spigot, turn it on like we do at home, Walk over to the trough and fill it. Listen, how long would it take you with a garden hose to fill up 200 gallons in a trough? Probably. Let's say she's got a five-gallon jug, bucket, jug, jar, pitcher, barrel, pail, large, deep pail. Let's just say it's a five-gallon bucket, and she's getting 200 gallons of water. Let's do a little division now. Five into 200 equals... 40, 40 trips to the well, drop the bucket, pull the bucket up, put it on your shoulder, walk over to the trough, dump it in the trough, or some wells back then had steps that would go down, or you carry it down the step, you scoop the water on the shoulder, up the steps you go, 40 trips. I want you to think about it. Now, a gallon of water weighs 8.34 pounds. Multiply that by five. Five-gallon bucket, 8.34 pounds. That's about 41 and a half pounds. 
40 times, ladies. How many of you are signing up for this job? <laughs> Drop the bucket. Draw the bucket on the shoulder over to the trough, dumping it in the trough. Can you imagine how bad her forearms and her wrists burned? Can you imagine how bad her arms were burning by the end of this? This is a workout and a half, folks. Can you imagine the shoulder pain, the backs, the legs, everything? By the time this chick is done, everything in her body, she didn't have Advil back then, but she wished she did. How many know what I'm talking about? This is a massive job, folks. This is not something that you just do in a moment's notice, and it doesn't cost you much. This is not a five-minute job. This takes time. Watch verse 20 in the New King James Version. She quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well, so you know there's a distance, to draw water and drew for all his camels. Now, you have to understand, she has never met this man before. She doesn't know this guy from Adam. Also, she has no idea what this guy's up to. There is zero chance, Sister Cheryl, that she's thinking, oh, if I just get them camels some water, I'm going to become the bride of Isaac. I'm going to get him. You know, ladies, ladies will do a lot to get that man. But she didn't have it in her mind. I'm going to draw 200 gallons of water for his camels, and hopefully he picks me out of all the other ones around here. She has no concept of what is really going on. She knows nothing of Isaac. She knows nothing of the promises of God. She knows nothing of the plan of God. She knows nothing of the gifts she's about to receive. She knows nothing. Listen, this was her normal character. This was her normal spirit of generosity to serve. She, this is, look, I know she had some issues later on in life with Jacob and deception. But for right now, where she has in life, wow, what a lesson she teaches us. I have a question. Are you generous with your time and efforts for Jesus? Are you generous for the kingdom of God? If I stood in here right now and I said, I need someone to take a five-gallon bucket and go 40 times to a well out there in the backyard and draw a bunch of water and give it to all the camels, and I'm not even going to tell you why, I probably wouldn't get many hands raised. That's a big job. She didn't know what was going on. But not only did her generous spirit cost her a lot of energy and effort, I want you to think about the time involved. Because she draws the water... But now she's got to go to the watering trough, dump the water, go back to the well. But she's got another problem that occurs. She didn't have the well to herself. Look at verse 11, what it says. It's on the screen. He made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water. Watch this. At evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. So she doesn't have the well to herself. So now when she gets done dumping water in a trough, she can't just go straight to the well, drop the bucket, pull the bucket and go. Now she goes back. There's other women there. So now she's third in line. Now she's got to wait for them to draw their bucket and leave. Then wait in line. Wait. This is like, this is like Disney World on Nightmare, right? <laughs> it's the fun of Disney World right here. Praise God. Oh, we moved the step. We're getting closer. Amen. We only got two hours for the ride now. Listen, this is what she's doing now. So now look at the time it's costing her. Suppose she had to be home at a certain time. 
Suppose she had other duties at home. She's got all this going on. Now she's waiting. Oh, will you just get the bucket out of here? Give me the bucket. Take the bucket and go. Going too slow for me. How many know what I'm talking about? You ever seen some impatient people? Mm. So now they're gone. She gets the bucket, comes back, and she looks, and oh, there's another woman in line. Now she's got to wait again. Do you see the picture I'm trying to paint here? So verse 19. Now when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw also for your camels until they have finished drinking. And remember, Abraham's servant didn't ask for this. She says, I'm going to not just give your camels a little something. I'm going to do it until they quit drinking. That's a lot of water. He asked for a sip. What she did was bigger than a sip. So watch verse 20 in the message. I love how it says here. By the way, the message is like almost the Bible. Amen. It's not a translation, but it is a paraphrase. She promptly emptied her jug into the trough, ran back to the well to fill it. Watch this. And she kept at it until she had watered all the camels. She did not stop and she didn't quit short. She kept getting water until every camel quit drinking. You talk about persistence. And again, she has no idea what's going on. So let's magnify how this would feel, ladies. How many of you, if you're serving, ladies or men, if you're serving, you'd be kind of nice to have a little encouragement along the way, right? Maybe have somebody talk to you along the way. How many know what I'm talking about, right? Okay, let's see what happens. Verse 21. The servant watched her in. This is so funny to me. Wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his mission. Dude, you were praying a prayer and God answered it before you could finish the prayer. What else do you need God to do? Take a jet and bite it out and smoke in the air? I mean, come on. The prayer's been answered. But this is what's amazing to me. He does this in silence. So she's doing all this work. All this work is going on. And Abraham is just hanging back in silence. No encouragement. No engagement. No, hey, where are you from? What family do you belong to? Do you come out here every night? What's it like to live in this part of the world? Nothing. Not on the 35th trip. Hey, thanks a lot for all you're doing. Nothing. He sits in silence. And ladies, come on. As she's sweating, her back is breaking, she's probably thinking, this dude won't even say nothing to me. I have gave his camels something to drink, and he doesn't even have the courtesy to say thank you at this point. How many of us give up on serving the Lord when he goes silent on us? How many in the throes and the heat of great service? Well, say the Lord has forgotten me. Why am I even doing this anymore? There are no results. What is going on, Lord? I keep praying the prayer and I'm not getting this answer before I can finish it. <laughs> What is going on, God? I keep doing this. I'm in the, I'm in the throes of just the, 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 the repetitiveness of this. The, the, man, this has just gotten monotonous, Lord. Where are you? Where is your voice? God, if you're really in this, you would encourage me. You would give me a fresh word. Surely you're not in this anymore. This can't be you. I'm dying here. Would you serve generously like this? Would you, would, you, what, would you do it if God went silent on you? Put yourself in the Bible stories. Noah building the ark. 
Okay, from the time God told him to build an ark, there is no more record of God speaking to him along that subject matter, at least, until the ark is done. Okay, hey, here we go. Sonny, I want you to go out and build me an ark. Now, you don't even know what rain is because there's never been rain on the earth. I'm going to have you build it in the middle of a desert. Now, we're close to a river. I'm going to tell you one time, give you the instructions, and then for 100 years, I ain't going to say nothing to you. That's what happened. I don't know about you, but for me, you know, after a couple of years, after a couple of decades, I would start to think, did I really hear from God? <laughs> Look, I, I question sometimes what I heard God say a week ago. Did I really hear from God? How many know what I'm talking about? Is this okay to preach this way? Can we get real today? Noah, Noah can you imagine 50 years? Dad, one of his boys, uh, 50 years ago you said God spoke. I'm dying out here. This is getting old. Where is God? Why are we not hearing from God? Are you sure you heard correctly? We're being made fun of. Nobody sees and values what's going on. What are we doing here? Did I really hear from God? I can hear Noah saying, I'm losing my mind. God, where are you? I mean, 75 years into this thing, he's got to be thinking, what is going on? Look, we read the Bible and we just read right over stories and we don't realize the ramifications of what these people went through. If I go 100 days without hearing from God, I start going, God, what is going on here? He went 100 years. I have a question for you. Are you there now? Are you serving in some capacity, but you're questioning why are you still doing it? Has the service to the Lord gotten long and tedious for you? Do you need God to freshen your spirit of service? Because just as Abraham's servant, watch this, sat and watched her serve generously. There are times God will sit back and watch to see if we're going to serve him generously in his silence. Oh, I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of amens at this part of the message. <laughs> Verse 20, then she quickly watched this, emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels. Okay, let's break this down time-wise. She goes to the well 40 times. Remember, we have a five-gallon bucket, 200 gallons. She goes 40 times. There's women around. She's having to wait. At the very best, I'm going to approximate here. I, you can't find this anywhere. I'm just using my own logic and thinking. At the very best, that's three minutes a trip. Right? That's three minutes. It's a fast three minutes. Drop the bucket. Pull it up on the shoulder over here to the trough. Dump it. Now, listen. The first one, two, three trips, you're at one speed. By the 25th trip, you're not as fast as the first and the second trip. By the 33rd trip, you're slower than you were at 25. By 38, you don't know if you're going to make it. How many know what I'm talking about? It? It's getting slower and it's getting slower and it's slower. But let's just generously and conservatively say three minutes a trip. Here we go. Let's do some math. Three minutes, 40, gal 40 times. That's 120 minutes, two Hours, two hours in the hot sun, sweating, exhausted, body aching, two hours this woman for a stranger she doesn't even know draws water for his 10 camels and the dude sits in silence. 
I got a question. How's your service for the Lord? Are you serving generously, Jesus, in the kingdom of God like she did? Point number two. Rebecca teaches us to serve extravagantly. Is it still all right today? Is this still a good message? Rebecca teaches us to serve extravagantly. Give more than is expected of you. Give more than is expected of you. Don't just meet expectations. Exceed them. What if Noah had said, God, I'll do a canoe, but I don't do arcs. I just don't do them. What if Moses had said, okay, God, I'll do the edge of town, but I don't really do deserts. What if David had said, I'll do lions and bears, but I don't really do Goliaths. What if Mary had said, I'll do a marriage, but I don't do virgin births. What if Paul had said, I'll do the Jews in Israel, but and I don't do them Gentiles around the world. What if Jesus had said, I'll do miracles, but I don't do crosses. Are you telling God that you will serve up to this point, fill in the blank, whatever it is, but you won't be extravagant? If there's anybody on earth we should be extravagant for, it should be Jesus. Rebecca teaches us to serve extravagantly and do more for the kingdom of God and people than they would ever even expect us to. Serve more. Give more. Love more. Serve people generously. Serve Jesus and the kingdom of God extravagantly. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Watch this in four short verses. Genesis 24, verse 16, 18, 19, and 20. Rebecca is the subject of 11 verbs of action and one of speech. She served a lot, talked a little. The problem we have in the church today is we talk a lot and do little. I'm going to preach it. Amen. She did a lot of serving and a little talking. And I'm here to tell you, if we're going to win our community over, if we're going to make the impact in Cincinnati that God wants us to, we got to quit talking about it and just start doing it. Amen. Are you serving Jesus extravagantly? Could you be accused of, man, you're going way over the top for Jesus, Pastor. You lost your mind what you're doing. Imagine what could happen in our community if we all serve like Rebecca. What would be the impact in your realm of influence, in our realm of influence? Crime rate go down? Eradicate poverty in this area? Kindness and love become the rule of our community and not what it's known for now? How would serving like Rebecca affect your family? How would it change your heart? What would happen if we got our eyes off our own problems, our own issues, and put it on to serving others in the kingdom of God? I'll tell you what, we revert back to last week, we'd have a whole lot more joy. Now, we've got all this service going on, and that leads me to point three, and this is the point you probably will shout on you're going to love. Point number three, Rebecca teaches us that God rewards generous service. Listen, God is watching, and he always rewards generosity and service and extravagance. Praise God. Verse 22 that I didn't read. When the camels had finished drinking... Okay, they finished drinking. That means they walked away from the trough. That means she didn't give them like 20 gallons of water for all of them and they were still thirsty. She kept pouring until they walked away. So they're totally full of water. 
The man took a gold ring weighing a half a shekel and two bracelets for her wrist weighing ten shekels in gold. That's a lot of money back then. That would be like she served and he said, you know what, pull up here. Let me give you this brand new car because, man, you really blessed me today. Extra blessings come from extra effort. It's the extra effort God always blesses. God is watching, and when you're expected to serve and go one mile, but when you say, you know what, I'm going to go the second mile, God says, there's my boy. <laughs> Let me throw a little extra his way. In other words, the culture today, watch this, is to get by with as little as possible. People on the work side, let me just get by with as little as I can get by with. But the problem is in the American church, that has crept into the church. We have brought American work culture into the church and now we want to get by with just as little as we possibly can for God and say, well, that should be enough to pacify him and ease my conscience. You see, the church in America today, we sit in climate-controlled facilities, heating in the winter, air conditioning in the summer. We sit in padded chairs. We have coffee and all the comfortabilities that anybody could ask. Yet in many churches in America, they won't serve Jesus who died on the cross for them if it costs them more than 15 minutes and more than one day a month. That ain't what Rebecca did. Every church is filled with willing people. Some willing to serve, others willing to let them. We need to be a church that everyone serves. Someone say amen. amen. God, God blessed her initially, but watch, the blessing gets even greater. Genesis 24, 50 through 52, look on the screen. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, The matter comes from the Lord, so we cannot speak to you bad or good. In other words, he says, Well, you going to marry Isaac? And the dad and the, and the brother's like, Well, that's up to you. You know, hey, this is, sounds like it's from God to me, so it's your choice, Rebecca. Here is Rebecca before you, Eleazar. Take her and go. And let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has spoken. She's already agreed. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go do this. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the ground before the Lord. The servant brought out articles of silver and articles of gold. Now the blessing's getting bigger. And garments and gave them to Rebekah, but it gets better. He also, don't miss this, gave precious things to her brother and to her mother. When you serve Jesus in the kingdom of God generously and extravagantly, it always blesses others. Mm. It always blesses our loved ones. When she is drawing water from the well, she doesn't know that her and her family are going to get all these blessings. She is serving Rebecca's not doing anything for something. She has no idea. She's just serving generously and extravagantly. As a matter of fact, she has no idea when she says, hey, I'll give your camel something to drink, that because of what she did that day, God took special notice of her. And he said, okay, I'm going to bless you with riches. I'm going to bless your family with riches. But here's the greatest blessing that I'm going to do for you. You don't even know what I'm about to do. Because of what you did, Rebecca, I'm going to make you the great, 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 grandmother of Jesus Christ, who is the Savior of the world. 
when God was looking for a great, great on to the whatever degree, grandmother of Jesus, he said, I want a young lady that serves generously and extravagantly. Woo! When God is looking for a church to birth revival, to change a city, he is looking for one that will serve generously and extravagantly. Verse 67, same chapter. So Isaac brought her. She meets Isaac, lays eyes on him. It's love at first sight. Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife. Look, the gifts were great, but she got it all when she got Isaac. She got some gifts over there in this land, but when she got Isaac, she became part owner of all the land, all the donkeys, all the cattle, all the promises, everything that had been blessed from Abraham to Isaac, she is now a partaker in. She got it better when she got married to Isaac. I'm preaching to somebody. The gifts are great. The blessings of church are great, but when you give your life to Jesus, you get it all. Woo! I said, you get it all. And he's building a house for us right now. He's making room right now. And when all things are ready, the Bible says he's coming to get us. I want to tell you, you ain't never seen a place like this. You've never experienced a place like this. The Bible says it can't even enter into your mind or spirit the things God has prepared for us. When you get Jesus, you get it all. She had no idea that that day her serving generously and extravagant what it would release in her life. So here in closing, what could happen in your life if you decided today to serve like Rebecca generously and extravagantly? Pastor, you don't understand. My I'm so busy all the time. She was busy. She did it for a stranger she didn't know. We're doing it for a Savior who saved us. What does your service say to God about how much you appreciate His sacrifice on the cross for you? What impact would serving like this have on your marriage? I just don't even know what to tell you other than, man, that's just messed me up all week. How many would like to pray? How many just want to just, man, if you don't want to pray after this message, I don't know what to tell you because I've been checking myself all week. I don't think we need no music. Rebecca didn't have no worship music on. She just served. I'm going to open this altar up. Man, I don't know. The Bible says to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Watch this. Which is your reasonable service. Pastor, you're just trying to get us to work. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm preaching what God put on my heart. 
This is between you and the Lord. The altar's open right now. I, I don't know. I just feel like we should pray. Oh, God, make us like Rebecca. God, give us a Rebecca spirit, God. It shouldn't matter how long something takes or what it costs. Oh, God, help us, Father God, to remember we're doing it for you. You're not a stranger to us. You're our Savior and our best friend, Jesus. You may be the greatest servant in the whole church. Well, man, we can all serve a little bit better. We can all be a little bit more generous. We can all be a little bit more giving. Oh, God, we want to serve, God, because there's souls around us dying and going to hell. We want to be part of souls being saved and lives being transformed. Oh, God, baptize us in the Rebecca spirit concerning her heart of servitude in Genesis 24. Glory, glory, glory. You can put a little light music on Spotify. What I was meaning, I guess, was no, you know, we need to pray, folks. Perhaps your healing comes through your service. Perhaps the blessing that you need so desperately in your life comes through your service to the Lord generously and extravagantly. Perhaps you're praying for your loved ones to be saved and your generous and extravagant service will release that in their lives. Oh, the Lord is watching what we're...